Hey guys, it's RJ and Angie, and this is the Rich by Intention podcast. Our guest today is Alex Edwards. Alex is a Massachusetts-based real estate broker with more than 13 years of experience in real estate. He is the co-founder and real estate specialist of Flipping Bricks University, an educational platform dedicated to helping individuals learn wealth building skills. In this episode, we discuss how he got into the real estate industry and how he is building a legacy for his family by purchasing property for his two children. We hope you get a lot out of this episode. As always, thank you for listening to this episode and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Rich by Intention for money tips and motivation. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, Alex. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited. I'm going to drop a lot of gems. I'm going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be the best interview ever. So <laughs> yeah, we're, said it. we're yes. looking forward to it. So for those who may not know you, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Definitely. My name is Alex E. Edwards. I'm, I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts, 36 years old. I'm a real estate broker right now. My brokerage have about, it's about 47 of us. And I'm a real estate developer and investor as well. So how did you get into real estate? So when I was in 10th grade, I took the first time home buyers class. It was like, it's one of those things where, you know, it's no age requirement. Why not? You know, um, <laughs> so so took, wait, wait, wait. So in the 10th grade, you just yeah. decided, let me just take wait, this. Wait, what uh, was it? An advertisement? Yeah. How did like, you how did you, it's like in, in Boston, in Boston, we have like these first time home buyers class that anyone could take and you get like, a percentage off of your down payment. So I was like, why not? You know, at least I'll have the information for the time I purchase a home. I already have that information. Right. That's, so that's amazing. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause you know, 10th grade, How old what, are you, 16, like 15, 16, 16 years old. And you, <laughs> you were forward thinking already. <laughs> I was forward thinking already. And it's ironic because when my mom, my mom showed me this picture, like around five years ago, and I'm standing in front of the board and says, it says, Alex, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it says, I want to design cars. And I want to, I want to sell and buy homes. And that that's in the fourth, third or fourth grade. So I, I think it was always somewhere back there, but yeah, 10th grade, I, I took that class and then ironically got ex, uh, expelled out of school and got into a different school, got my stuff together. And then at, when I graduated, I went to work at Bank of America. Ken Lewis at the time was the CEO. And, you know, that's where I learned money, how money worked, credit. And I was a teller, senior teller, loan officer. And the first time in my life, I seen people with money and time. I never seen that a day in my life. People with money and time. I was like, no, nah, this, this is not real. My mom worked four jobs three jobs at average before time, four jobs the most at a time. And she never had time. And ironically, she never had money. Right. But these people had time and money. And so, you know, I was, I was taking a class business administration at that time. And the professor said, go home, buy something and run it like a business. So at the age of 20, I bought my first multifamily and I ran it as a business. But I came to school and at the hey, hey professor, said, oh, what's going on, Alex? I said, I got it, I got, I got something to tell you. I bought something. He said, What? Tell me. And I said, I bought a home. He blew his mind. He said, I couldn't believe you bought a home. How, how? So I told him how I did it. And 
I, I said, I got more news. He said, what? I said, this is the last time you're going to see me because I can't pay for my mortgage in my school. So that's the last time he ever seen me. Last time I went to school. Wow. Wow. So so take us through buying that first multifamily because, you know, yep. you had no experience with it before. You know, you took that class before. But now you're like, I'm going to be an investor because my professor told me to, which the teacher got must must have a good course because he made you buy something and you did. So tell us about that. So it was, it was a dumb move. Uh, it was a dumb move at the time. It was a, it was a stupid move. I jumped in it head first and I had adjustable rate. So I went with a mortgage broker. The, t- the difference between a lender and a mortgage broker, and this is a gem drop, right? How I explain it is you have Marshalls and you have Gap. So Marshalls, well, Gap, you go to Gap, you go only buy Gap, right? If you don't fit Gap, there's no option. You got to leave the store. Marshalls, though, you have the opportunity to try different products, different sizes. They got more than one option. Mortgage broker has more than one option. So if you don't have if you don't have good credit, they got a loan for you. If you don't make a lot of money, they have a loan for you. They will. And at that time, they had the adjustable rates. Remember that, right? The adjustable rates. So guess who had adjustable rates? Alex. Yeah. I got adjustable rate at 20. I was paying like twenty three hundred dollars. I put down almost nothing. I had two loans in a couple of years. Three thousand dollars. It jumped up. And so. You know, my early 20s, no Jordans, no vacations. And, you know, when it was my time to pay for a round at the bar, I'll buy one drink and say, yo, put that, send that around, though. That's my round. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I was, I was broke. I was broke financially. And I was, I was, I was broke emotionally as well. I was, I was just broke mentally. It's gone. Right. Thinking I made the worst decision I've ever made in my life. But I also didn't want to embarrass myself by losing the home. Mm. So what I did in, in my community, we, we think bankruptcy is the worst thing around town. But we, we know a lot of rich, wealthy people that use bankruptcy as a tool to get ahead. So I filed bankruptcy. I got rid of eighty nine thousand dollars. I then did a loan modification that that fixed my rate. and it brought everything down to $1,200 to this day. Wow. So that's I know that was you, a lot. That was, I mean, in your early 20s, so first and 10th grade, now in your early 20s, you've been on some type of ride, right? So early on in your, in your career, you know, what are some of the lessons that you've learned, you know, just from that part of your life? Two lessons. So if I didn't jump first, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So I can't, I can't take away that mistake. Right. But I would have prepared myself for the adjustable rate, use it to my advantage instead of being victim to it. That's, I think that's the only thing I probably would have changed, but nothing else per se, because it put me in a real good space. I was broke early twenties. You know, my friend's and family had so more, a lot more than I, I, I had at that time. And, but around 24, 25, everything started coming together. And, you know, around 30, I'm a broker. So can you take us through that journey? So like, okay, so you filed bankruptcy in your early 20s. You were able to get a more manageable mortgage for you. Mm-hmm. For you. 
So what happened after that? Like, what was the next thing that happened to get you in a more comfortable position by the time you were 25? All right. So I had to do a couple of things. So working in, in this particular area where we've seen time and money, I had to figure out, figure out how I can make money without being there. Mm. So I did two things. I became a mentor, which in, paid me 4600 a month to be a mentor. So I would have these guys live with me, but they would be gone like from the morning to the afternoon. But I was getting paid $4,600 for that. So can you explain that a little more? Like what type of mentorship was this? Like, and so they, it sounds like they were living in your home, these young men. Okay. Can you explain no, no, why? It was older men. It was, okay. It was older men and they needed help with like food and stuff like that. Right. So what, what I'll do is again, I, I signed up for this program it's called Mass Mentor, and they send two guys to live with me. And again, they'll just pay me to make sure they go to their program, to make sure the day program, make sure they go to their appointments and just make sure they was as healthy all around. That was, that was one move I made. Next move, I used my credit card to, to renovate the top floor. And then I rented to someone on government assistance. Right. And so those are the kind of the big moves that really like set me up. Wow. So can you tell what was the mentorship program called again? Ma uh, Mass Mentor. Mass Mentor. And yeah, so it's, it's in different states. So, you, you know, the listeners could definitely look it up. Mass Mentor, phen phenomenal program, especially if if you want to retire and, and you want to do something and stay at home. Great program. Like I said, you know, these guys are at their day program from morning to like three o'clock. So you, you don't lose your life. And then I, honestly, 4,600, I could hire help. Yeah. So know? basically it's to help men get back on their feet. So men who, you know, men are just and men just, and women. Oh yeah, God. Uh -huh. So men and women who, you know, are in a, in a good position, they're able to, you know, help get back on their, their feet by living in a nice home like yours, you know, and you just kind of, um, manage them, I guess, in a way to make sure that they're going to their different programs and into them account, make their, make sure hold them accountable. accountable. Yeah. And it's, again, it's different. It's just different people in different stages. So you could have some that needs a lot of help and most likely they're not leaving your home. One of the guys is still with me. Wow. And then you, you can have, you could also have children. It's, it's really what you want, who you want to help. So you could bring like elementary school children and like tutor or mentor them inside your home, or you mean like family? Well, they live. Because... They live with me. Okay. Wow. Yeah, they 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 stay with me. Like I said, they stay with me. Get up, breakfast, go out to the day program, come back, and then they go to sleep and start all over again. And that's I... Monday. That's Monday through Saturday. I've never heard of this before, and so it sounds really how... interesting. And so, yeah. Yeah, and how how did you find the program? What were your thoughts? Like, what made you jump on? Yeah. It? Like, what made you curious do this? You guys are asking real good questions. No one ever asked me like the deep questions, but my back was against the wall, bro. I was struggling. I felt, you know, life wasn't worth nothing to me. It was such a disappointing moment in my life. And, but I, I was strong enough to never give up. Like I never, like never gave up on myself. I always knew it was something better. Right. And um, when your back is against the wall, you're on YouTube University, you're on Google University. You're just trying to figure out anything possible because, you know, someone knows something and something out there for you that make life much easier. And we just don't know it. Now, that's why information is so important. 
right? And so when I found it, I, I believe I found it online. And I, I, I want to say I had the wrong number about three times until I finally got the right number and it was game over. Wow. But when no, you back against the wall, you, you yeah. know, impossible before you lose. I could I, I could have lost everything. Yeah. yeah and I, I what I like, what I love about that, that story is that your back was against the wall and you needed, you know, a solution to help, you know, climb yourself out of the circumstances you were in. But in the same token, you actually became a blessing to other people. It sounds like by allowing people to stay inside your home and help them get back on their feet. So it almost was like a win-win situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It really was, you know, it just seems like you were, you know, lifting others while you were climbing at the same time. But it just makes me think about like the actual multi-property that you purchased, right? Like it, Basically, you lost like five, uh, it sounds like about five years of your life from the moment you bought that property. And it's just so funny how like one decision we can make can just affect us for the next decade. I had a similar situation just with my student loans. Like my student loans were over like $1,300 alone. And it set me back a few years because I had to get myself back on my feet. But I think one thing that I can definitely identify with is the fact that you said you never gave up. Mm-hmm. Right. And you figured out what solution you can do to get yourself back on your feet. And I love that, you know, the the message here is just like, you know, believe in yourself, find resources yeah. and keep your head up like your nose is bleeding. Yeah. So, OK, so you did this program. You're now making income to help get you out of your situation. So what what was next after that? Like, what did you do after now that you were you had a stable income coming in? So. <laughs> I quit my job. <laughs> Wait, as soon <laughs> I, yeah, at 23, it was a wrap at 23. And I didn't go in that morning and, and said today was going to be the day. I, I never did that. I didn't do that. You know, I was working at Citizen Bank and it was one of the worst companies I ever worked for a day in my life. And like they said, you had to prove yourself. So I've been proving myself for for almost like six months. So the first three months, I'm sorry, you're going to run. You're going to run the entire branch right and then we're gonna give you the the official title of manager and we're gonna pay you the same all right so i'm I'm, you give me the duties but you're not giving me the title you're not gonna give me the money until i prove that i could do this right so if you think about that right why would you have someone run your company if you don't think they could run your company i could destroy the entire branch but whatever I'm, in my mind, I was like, all right, you know, I, I had to prove myself. You know, we always have to prove ourselves. You know, nothing in the past. I'm, I'm the number. I'm coming from Bank of America, being the number one agent, um, teller, just running, a, doing, a, having a phenomenal career at Bank of America. But now, Citizen Bank, I gotta prove myself. All right, cool, whatever. And then six months came, and a new regional manager came. I was like, all right, well, I know the deal you had with the last regional manager, but you gotta have to prove yourself to me. And right that so she's like she's sitting down and looking. She didn't even have the ball. She didn't even have the, the audacity to stand up. And right then and there, I knew God was like, "I told you, you are bigger than this. I'm trying to show you something, but you're not getting it. So you got to go through this pain, Alex. Now make your decision." And that's when I quit. That moment is when I quit. No two weeks. That moment was the last time I was employed in my life. I'm just curious, like, what was the response? What, what exactly did you say? They, so, I, of course, I cried, right? <laughs> it was, I was hurt. I was just, I'm 23, don't know what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> and um, 
They so I I just said I'm going home and it's said, oh you you need to get time off or something I said no <laughs> you're not going to ever see me again so they ran out they ran out to try to stop me and I was like nah I made my I made my decision I made my decision I'm I'm out and um you know for a couple of weeks couple of months they they try to get me back but again my decision was already made that day I ran to my mom she was at Walgreens. And I told her what happened. And um, she said, I never worried about you. I ain't going to start today. And that's, that's all I needed to hear. Yeah. Wow. No. And at this point, you already had income coming in, other income, passive income coming in, right? Yep. When you at quit your job. I and I make that point because, you know, I think that's the position. That's a powerful position to be in, right? You know, when you're not being, when you're being mistreated at your job, when you're not being treated with the respect that you deserve as a competent, as a hard worker, you are put in a position of power when you're able to have your finances in order, right? When you're able to build up these passive income streams and whatnot. And so, you know, at the end of the day, you can say, we like to call it having FU money. <laughs> yeah, I, I call it too. Fuck me, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I say it all the time. I had that F. I want, I have that FU money now. FU money because it puts you in that, it empowers you to make the choices for yourself rather than, you know, having to be a slave to a job that no longer is serving you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah, it's in those moments, right? Like you were proving yourself for six months and then new management comes in and they have the audacity to say, knowing that you Mm -hmm. done all this work and the experience that you had, that you got to prove yourself to me. A lot of employers think they have the power. But as we see now with the great resignation, employees are starting to have yep. the power. And I love in that moment, right? You empowered, although it was painful and it hurt. Mm-hmm. And but like you just was like, I'm worth more than this. Yep. And, and you know, those reassuring words from your mom was was the last thing that you needed to hear to just push you to the next level. So yep. that's great. And in that moment, I, I wasn't I wasn't the I wasn't a, a mentor yet. I was mm. only I, I I had a tenant upstairs. Got so it. That's okay. How I, I survived, and then that's when again I became a mentor right after. Got it. Uh, okay. But, yeah, I, my mom said said that it was a wrap. It was game over. It was empire <laughs> building time. It was legacy building time. But I didn't even know it. That's that's the crazy thing. So let's talk about that because you you are just building a legacy for your family, and I want to touch on that. You know, now that. You've built up, you know, this real estate investment portfolio. Can you just talk to us about what you're doing for your children with real estate and where you are today and where you are today? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So I decided to 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 write a book called Mortgage Before Marriage because I was I went on Match.com and found my wife. Right. I'm, I'm name dropping huh? Walgreens, Citizen Bank. <laughs> Bank of America. This is my life, right? We gotta get an ad sponsorship for yeah. that. So. Exactly. Um, if I'm doing too much, let me know, right? So I was speaking to my wife, and she asked me one thing: How much money you have saved? I was like, nothing. How much money you got saved? She said forty thousand. And I was like, oh. And I was, I was like, wow, this is crazy. You got forty thousand dollars saved. This is crazy. Now I made more money than her. But I was just like, at this point, you know, I'm a real estate agent. Money's just like this. I could wake up and say, you know what? This month I'm doing 20, right? But I'm going to blow 15. And she's, so a couple of months later, she's like, yo, I thought you said you would never lie to me. I was like, what are you talking about? I don't lie to you. She said, well, I asked you how much money you had saved. And you said zero. I said, I didn't lie. That was the truth. 
And she was like, why? I was like, because I can make it. Why, you know, why not blow it if I can make it? And she taught me something. She was like, all right, bet. You know, well, that basically that it went silent, meaning that don't make no sense. So I said, you know what? All right, this is what I'm going to do. Hit me in three months. So in three months, I surprised her, right? And she kind of really put in saving in my mind. So now, now we're getting serious. And I'm like, look, if you want a ring, you need a mortgage. I ain't giving no ring to a person without a mortgage. Wait, 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 wait. What she said to that response? Cause I mean, she was, she, she said bet. Oh, okay. she's a boss. Okay. And that's what bosses do. do. That's why she deserves a ring. She said bet. When, when she called me out by my money issue, I said bet. You know what I'm saying? So she said bet. She bought a three family home in Boston. She's she was making like it's still to this day profit wise almost like thirty two hundred dollars profit wise after everything is paid for. She's she was not like I don't think she was making that with her job. She don't even know her tenants. So boom, she she got she got the home. So I got the ring. You know, I got the ring ready. You know, what I'm saying I had to keep my end of the bargain. So got the ring ready, and you know I proposed to her, and so both of the units. The homes at this time, we had two homes, you know, paid for our wedding. You know, our tenants paid for our wedding. They wasn't invited. Right. And so we decided to do that. So we had to think about that. Like, OK, so I, we have this much power. Where our tenants is paying for something. The home is paying for something that we we celebrated. Right. And we really didn't work for. Imagine if we could do the same thing for our children when it comes to school. Imagine the wedding was Sally Mae. Because after the wedding, some people go broke. Like, oh, man, we have to resave. Oh, we have credit card bills. So we didn't have that. We're like, oh, <laughs> the rent's coming in. <laughs> we could. We're going to put it with the rent, the mortgage, the marriage money we got. You know, the rent's coming in. So we had an opportunity just to rebuild. When it, when it comes to school, you graduate, you have that fee. But what do you really have left? Nothing. You have a piece of paper that represents a receipt that you owe somebody. To me, to me, no disrespect. But I didn't want that for my child. And also, I didn't want a boss to, I didn't want a boss to keep my child in their hand because of security. I wanted enough money for my child to, to mess up in life, to, to find out who he or she is while money just keep coming in. So we decided to purchase homes for our children and not pay for school. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that having passive income to fund your lifestyle is an amazing thing to have, right? And I love that you guys are using the income from your properties to build up a, a college fund for your children. Well, not a college fund. Okay, so what is it? it so they, their home is theirs. If they decide to use... The rent mm-hmm. to go to college is okay. I'm not paying for college. No, I'm not paying for school. They will have enough money to decide what they want. Yeah. So they, they go to school, they use the rent or they take out a loan and the rent will pay the loan back. Or they don't go to school. They start a business with, with the, the rent. Whatever they want to do, they could do what, whatever they want to do. Got it. That's yeah. good. Yeah. So you're empowering them mm-hmm. to make the decision once they turn 18, whether they're 
going to go to college, invest in the business, invest in themselves, whatever they want to, they have the freedom to decide. Yeah. And it's going to be before 18. Um, and I wrote these steps in a book. I, I, I don't think success and um, age, like it, it doesn't matter. Right. We, we mm-hmm. always say it's never too old to become successful, but we also need to say it's never too young. Mm-hmm. So 18, it doesn't mean nothing to me or it's, it's it does. It shouldn't mean nothing to us. I mean, they could become successful at 14, 16. You know, they could kind of already learn by 18. They should I, they should be running a business already, because if they're not running a business at 18, college can't teach you the grind of like who you are, the execution. If you're not executing now, then with information, you're not doing anything with it. Yeah, no, it's so true. Yeah. And, and that's a good point. Like, can you talk about a little bit about the lessons that you teach your children about money? So right now, if you ask my five-year-old, I'll ask him, hey, do you save money? He'll say no. I said, well, do you spend money? He'll say no. I said, do you invest money? He said, yes. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's really where we at when it comes to money. But when he gets, when he's a little older, we have a chart where where his chore money will turn into kind of like, this is our plan. They'll pay for like toothpaste. They'll pay for two tissue. They, they'll pay for everything we need. Mm-hmm. They need with their chores, but they, they get it back at the end of the year on taxes. So kind of like, that's kind of the idea of our household. So they can understand the real world. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. I think teaching kids these financial lessons, these basics, you know, financial basics is so important. And, you know, the fact that your son, your five-year-old knows what investing is, no saving, no spending, but investing, that is powerful. And so to your point about being young and, you know, being able to just run a business and whatnot, he's already on that track to be successful as a very young person. And, you know, you and your wife are, are, sounds like you guys are doing an amazing job and just building your legacy. So one thing I know that some of our listeners are probably asking, okay, we want to be like you, Alex. We want to, you know, generate passive income, but it's a crazy world we're in today. You know, housing prices are crazy high. Inflation is up. Where can someone with an average income start in the real estate game? I think one thing for short, don't buy your dream home. Like F that. Don't buy your dream home and don't get married right away. That's my opinion. You're going to edit that out. The marriage uh, part. The marriage uh, part. Right Wait. away. Just right away. <laughs> so just, can't elaborate. We'll let you right. elaborate. Yeah. Well, like this, this is why mortgages before marriage is extremely important. City of Boston. You have a lot of programs that's, that, that's it's determined by your income. Once you get married, your income's together. Guess what? You, you can't get any of these programs. You can't get any help. Now you're crying wolf, but you decide to say, I do. That's your fault, right? So all I'm saying is, say for one of you guys to say, all right, I'm going to go and apply for this two-family affordable home. With my income, I could afford that. All right, bet. You get that. The other person said, all right, I'm going to go over here with this FHA loan. With my income, I could afford this three-family. Fine. This the FHA loan, refinance in six months, and do it again in six months. So now they, that person goes to a two family or goes back to a three family, whatever that person want to do. Now y'all say y'all want to get married. This person now has two homes, right? That's five units, right? They probably making say $5,000 between both home profit. Guess where they're going to move into after y'all get married? To the affordable, 
the affordable will never change if you get married, if you win the lottery, you are still paying under market price, no matter what. So now this person's living in the affordable, making now a little bit more than five because they gave up their unit, right? Say they make it 6,000, 6,000. And say, for instance, you're making a little bit more money. Your mortgage is at 1,300. He's written 6,000 and the mortgage is 1,300. And that's not including your income. Is that now not better than doing it the other way? Yeah. You know, I think that's a really great point. But a lot of people just don't know about these first time home buyer assistance programs. And so where can people start to learn more for those who don't know where to start? I mean, one on so on MLS, right, on on our listing program, when it comes to a real estate agent, they have a link where you can find assistance in any town. Now, I don't know. It, it might be different for different states. Next is you could definitely look up. Like I'll give you a good example. Like everyone hates NACA. Very tedious. It's it's hard. But NACA is in every state, and you have the opportunity to buy down your rate. So we have high rates right now. It's five point twenty, five point two around that around that area. But NACA, you still have the opportunity to bring it down to like three percent, two percent, even lower. And then go back to the assistance. I'll look on my city website and see and put in mortgage assistance and stuff like that. And just kind of find out what kind of programs is out there. I'll also speak to loan officers, not not mortgage brokers. Mortgage brokers really don't deal with the assistance, but I'll go with a a loan officer, someone that actually worked for a bank and Mm -hmm. ask them what kind of assistance is out there. Right. So those are the things I would do if I'm living in a different state to figure out what assistance is out there. Some states have more assistance than others. That's just life. And some cities have more assistance than others. But that's what I would do to figure out what's out there for me. Got it. No, I think that's really helpful. And so now I guess I do understand now why you told your wife, (laughs) your now wife, you know, mortgage before marriage. So that's great. No, it's, I think it's really great advice and something we don't always think about. Um, We're not always privy to, you know, some of the game that a lot of other people play. And so, yeah, no, I think you spend a lot. Basically, you know, taking advantage of government programs, Mm -hmm. uh, state programs, city programs before you say I do. Right. Yeah. So that's. Yep. Can't you out yeah, once, yep, yep. Once you have it, I just made me think of, you know, Manhattan. Right. And they had a lot of these like lotteries and affordable housing and people bought homes very low in like in the 90s or 80s. And now, you know, some of these homes are worth like a million or they had rent stabilization where, you know, they're paying fourteen hundred for to live in Manhattan for like a two bedroom. So, yeah, there's a lot of programs. So it's, it's important to, you know, Google, reach out to experts in the industry and figure yeah. out what's the best resources so you can, you know, take advantage of it. Yes. So Alex, you dropped a lot of gems. (laughs) We're, you know, thank you for just sharing your story and just sharing the legacy that you're building. That's one thing with our, with our platform that we want to encourage legacy building, you know, for the next generation, you know, our parents didn't necessarily teach us the things we now know about financial literacy, but now it's up to us to get educated and pass on that knowledge to our children and their children. So, and and you're doing that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for those who want to keep up with you, where can our listeners connect with you? Definitely Alex E. Edwards on all platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And you could definitely follow the cottage on Instagram. And that's, that's Carter's house. That's my son's home. Um, It's Airbnb. 
and it's a beautiful home. Yeah, and- I saw the pictures. It is gorgeous. It uh, is. Thanks. You got to tell. Yeah, we'll talk after. But I need to know <laughs> how you guys renovated that because it's yeah, beautiful. Thank, thank you. So, yeah, I have, I have a construction company called um, Flipping Bricks Construction. And yeah, so that's how we renovated it. But one thing before we leave, before we go, just want to shout out all the women out there. Mortgage Before Marriage was written because for you and because of you. There's about 20% of women that are in relationships that can't afford to leave mm. because, you know, they gave up on their dream because they became parents and housewives. And, and now the relationship took a turn and they can't leave, right? The book was to empower and just, just let women know, look, follow your dreams. When it comes to motherhood, that doesn't mean you need to give up yourself. Just keep following your dreams. Get your finances up and, and then fall in love. I know society is pushing you to school, then work, then find Mr. Right. But it's something out there called Mrs. Right as well. And we could find you. So that book was definitely dedicated to women. And I hope you enjoy it. I hope you love it. And I hope I, I improve something in your life, even though I know you don't need me, uh, but I'm, I'm here to help. So mortgage before marriage, finances before fiance, Rockefeller before Beyonce. <laughs> I had to drop it. Rehearse that. <laughs> that was good. Okay. Okay. Mortgage oh, before marriage. marriage. All right. Okay. Thanks so much. You, you really crushed this, Alex. Really appreciate you for saying, sharing your story. And yeah, that was, yeah, mic drop. And nothing mic less to say. Drop. I will say it all starts with intention. Yep. That's what it all Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at Rich by Intention for money tips and inspiration. 